0: Welcome to the Raymond Young Adults podcast, where we focus on developing a God-centered life. We're so glad you are here, and our hope is to see young adults grow and take steps in their walk with God. We hope you enjoy this message. Man, it's really hard to speak to this group because you don't know me. Isn't it awkward to hear somebody that you've never heard before? And I promise you, you've never heard me before because there's no way to hear me. I don't like social media, and I don't have any of it. Uh, I don't know what it is. I let my daughter get Snapchat. I feel like it's the greatest, the worst decision of my life. Um, so if you ever want to hear messages after this, impossible. Uh, this is the one shot. But I do want to help Denise out with volunteers because I feel like your, your, your ask for volunteers was weak, Denise. So she asked the wrong question. She asked who in here is serving. I don't want to know that. You're doing your job. Who in here is not serving? Raise your hand. Come on. No, raise them really high. Golly, be proud of the fact that you're not serving. The reason why I wanna know who's not serving is because I want you to know why you're not serving. Some of you will tell me you're too busy. I love that one from young adults because I know the single mom with two jobs that served in kids' church. You ain't busier than her, okay? I know that much. I know I have four kids. Emma contributes in my house. She's 15, okay? I I promised I wouldn't say her age, okay? Because she doesn't look 15, but she's 15. Fellas, uh uh-uh, okay? (laughs) She contributes. She's so embarrassed right now. She contributes in my house. My son, he contributes. He's 13. He'll be 13. We cut wood. He sells wood at the end of our road. He's made $1,000 this year. He contributes. My two little girls, they don't do anything. They have a gymnastics bar. They play on the gymnastics bar. They go to school. They get home, you know what she asks? Dad, will you cut me up an apple? Sure. She's eight, I don't want her to have a knife. That's why. You know why they don't contribute? Because they're children. Children don't contribute. So when you grow up, you'll start to serve in the kingdom. Okay? That's how we get volunteers, Denise. We straight guilt them. We straight guilt them. I'm telling you right now, that message will help you. Some of y'all needed to hear it. Hey, there's three things I want you to know before I get started tonight. And I'm not a long-winded preacher. I know every preacher says that, right? But I am not. I am quick. And I want you to know three things tonight. One is this. There's three things I want everybody to know, young people to know when I speak to them. Um, And I do get to speak to a lot of young people. Uh, we live in a really small community. My town is 1,500 people uh, that I live in, that I pastor in. I get to talk to the football team every Friday night before they play a game. Um, we have young adults at our different campuses like this. I get to talk to them a lot. Um, I like them to know this, and I like you all to know this. One is that you are loved. Okay? You're not loved by me because I don't know you, and that's kind of creepy. But if you're a leader in here, I want you to stand up. Okay, leaders, Don and Denise, I know that you're there. Leaders, stand up. Thank you very much. Listen, these guys have better things to do than come out on a Monday night. Monday nights are Monday night football. They're time to be in our pajamas on our couch. Give them a big round of applause. They don't come out. They don't come out unless they think you're pretty awesome. Buildings like this, this campus didn't need one more building, but it needed a building like this. Buildings like this don't get built if we don't care about young people. So you are absolutely loved. The second thing is this, is that you actually have purpose. You see, I think that people get things backwards sometimes. And I'm I'm super simple-minded. I am not complex. I'm not intelligent by any means. But I believe, I've heard a lot of people preach messages about God has a purpose for your life. I actually believe he had a purpose for you before he created you. I actually think he has a purpose for you and then he created you. Because he created you specifically, and he gave you gifts and talents and abilities. You actually have value and purpose, and he created you after he knew what he was going to do. So he created you perfectly to do what he needed you to do because he has purpose for you. You're loved. You have purpose. And the last thing is this. Man, if nobody else does, I promise I'll believe in you. I will be hard on you. I will call you a child. I will push you, Alex. You're going to volunteer after tonight, brother. Let me just tell you. But I will push you because I believe in you. I actually believe that this generation's it. I believe that you guys are the real deal. You guys hate fake. You won't show up for something that's not real. You want to call everything out. Like, I love it. But you guys are the real deal. I actually think you guys can change something that my generation couldn't. So I just want to get behind you and push you. So I want you to know three things as I preach tonight, because I might offend you and I might upset you and I'm okay with that because I don't know you, right? You don't know me and it's totally fine, but I want you to know that you're loved. I want you to know that you have value and purpose and I want you to know that we believe in you. All right, jump in, open your Bibles. We're going to go to the book of second or first Samuel. We're going to be in first Samuel all night. We're not going anywhere else. I want to talk about something pretty specific. Who in here believes that life is hard? Raise your hand. Okay, most of you raised your hand. And I want to tell you something. I want to be very honest with you. You haven't even been through the hard stuff. For those of you that raised your hands, life is hard. You haven't even been through the hard stuff yet. And some of you have. Some of you have lost parents and you've went through some really difficult things. Like, I'm not discounting that at all. But there's hard stuff that's coming. When my young adults, I have staff members that are young I love them so much. But when they come in and tell me they're tired, I say, why? Man, me and some buddies were up late. Man, don't give me that nonsense. When you've been up all night with a baby throwing up, you're tired. Like you haven't even been through the tough stuff. When I first started the church, I started this church. We have five campuses now. But I started the church with just one campus and six people. And I remember I had to work three jobs. I worked at the church, I put roofs on and I put gutters and windows in on my, my days. And then I started coaching girls basketball, not just girls basketball, junior high girls basketball. That's before I had a junior high girl and now I have a high schooler. It was awful. But it was just around the clock. Like you're, you think life's hard, but truthfully you haven't even been through the tough stuff yet. And it's coming, and I want to help you so bad with it. Because you can navigate through it well. Some of you don't believe me, but you have big decisions to make. You have confrontation you need to have. You have problems that need to be solved in your life. So I, also, I often wonder, like, this hard stuff that we go through, we don't want to face it. Like nobody's running after hard stuff and and I'm not running after it. I'm not looking for a fight most of the time. Sometimes it's fun. But at the end of the day, you wonder if we don't face stuff, what's the result of it? If we don't face those hard things in life, here's what we have. We have worry. We have anxiety. We have stress. And I'm not talking about the clinical stuff. Let me be very clear. I'm talking about the stuff that everybody's in here. When I ask young people, hey, what's going on, man? I'm just stressed. I have anxiety where I can barely get out of the bed. And I'm like, you're 22. Like if we can't deal with this at 22, what are you gonna do at 45? And I don't know, I'm not 45. You'll have to ask Don and Denise, like no idea. I got years before I get to 45, okay? Three years at least. Here's what I think, though. Why in the world don't we tackle this stuff? I believe it's found in, in a simple word that's just fear. Why don't we go after things? Because we're afraid. I'm afraid all the time. Here's what I do know. That's not from God, right? God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given I can't sing at all. I taught that song to my kids on the way to school. We remember a verse every week, my little girls. And I taught that one to him. He's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. But we're crippled by this fear. Uh, Huffington Post, I read this a couple months ago. It says 85% of the things that we worry about never happen. Here's the part of this I love. 15% that does happen, we discover that we actually can handle, handle it better than we thought. And we learn something from it. And once you do go through something hard, you're better for it. You've heard the term, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It is 100% true. Go through to 1 Samuel. Chapter 17. It says this. 1 Samuel. Chapter 17. Let's go to verse 4 through 7. I'm going to read it out of my nifty Bible. Is it behind me too? Okay. Oh my, who can read that? Everybody turn around and look at that. What in the name? I'm 42. Nope. God, who speaks up here, 20 year olds? Goodness gracious. All right, I'm just gonna read it out of the Bible. I love the Bible more anyways. I hate your stupid Bible phone. Handwritten notes. You know why? I was doing a funeral one day. My iPad died. I buried a totally different dude. I forgot his name. You name it. Last time I ever used an iPad, I thought these are from the devil. I threw it out and gave it to my kids or something. I handwrite everything. Your stupid phones. It only gives you this much of the Bible. You need more than this much of the Bible. You just tweet it the I got my verse of the day from you version. Stop it. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to be long-winded if I get off track. You got to help me focus. First Samuel chapter 17, verse four. It says, After, er, and a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. Listen, this is very argued. He was anywhere between seven foot three and nine foot nine. Okay? He was huge. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail. Doesn't even make sense to us today, right? All I can see is letters written on him, like Christmas cards all over him. And the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels in bronze. And he had bronze armor in his legs, on his legs, a bronze javelin between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed six hundred shekels, and a shield bearer went out before him. You know what this tells me about fear? Here's why we don't want to tackle stuff. Here's why we don't want to deal with stuff because this is what fear looks like. It's very intimidating. Here you see this giant. You realize, you know what the average size of a man was back then? Five foot three. Average size of a man was. Five, I'm five eight. I would have been huge. I would have loved it once in my life. Average height was five foot three, and here a giant comes out. And here's what fear is. Fear is intimidating. It's intimidating. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to look at it when you see the size of the giant. But look at what David did. Go with me to verse 26. Verse 26 says this. It says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? This guy, Goliath walked out on the battlefield for 40 days and he threatened the Israel army and they were all intimidated. But then David shows up on the battlefield and one day, and his only question is, what do I get? You see, when most people are intimidated by fear, David actually saw a target. And he's like, who is this guy? That's the kind of person I want to be when I'm faced with fear. That's the kind of guy I want to be when fear is staring at me and yelling at me because it's super intimidating. First Samuel 17 verse 24, look at this. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. You know what fear is also? Fear is debilitating. Fear will cripple you. I had a young lady tell me the other day, I was preaching at Young Adults just a couple weeks ago, and she said, Pastor Justin, I can't get out of bed because of my anxiety. And it it was real, so real. She didn't want to be laying in bed. She said, I can barely get out of bed because of my anxiety every morning. And I just kind of said, man, tell me, tell me what is it? Like what's causing you to lay there? She goes, I just don't want to face the day. I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I'm afraid of what's going to come my way. But fear will cripple you. It's debilitating. When, you, when you're walking in fear, you're actually a shell of who you're supposed to be. And everybody around you sees it. You can't even mask it. You can't cover it up. It's just as obvious as all of these men were dreadfully afraid of Goliath. Because they were afraid and fears debilitating. First Samuel, chapter 17 and verse 28. Now, Eliab, Eliab, the oldest brother, heard when he spoke to them. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart for you have come down here to see the battle. His brother, his oldest brother starts mocking him going, what are you doing? Starts making fun of him. Starts picking at him. He say, what are you doing? You punk, you arrogant punk. You're coming down here because you just want to see a battle. And then he makes fun of him for the little sheep that he has to watch. Which Jesus proved being a shepherd was pretty cool. And Eliab's making fun of him. Let me tell you what fear does. Fear breeds conflict and drama queens. Man, I don't like drama. I coach seventh grade girls basketball. I do not like drama. Emma, do I like drama? Oh, I can't stand it. You know what she is? She's a cheerleader. Wow! If half the stories she tells me are true, you know why? Because you're afraid. If you live a life of drama, man, there's something you're afraid of. There's something that you're fearful of. It breeds conflict, and it breeds drama queens. I don't want any of those in my life, right? First Samuel. Chapter 9, verse 2. It says this. Oh, there's no way. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person. It's like talking about me. Not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders, listen to this, from his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the the people. That means he was a head taller than anybody else. This was Saul. Now remember, if you know this story well, Saul tried to give David his armor. Right? You remember this story? If you have it, you need to read it. It's a great story. David and Goliath. Oldest story and the people tell it all the time. But in this, okay, we're done. It's fine. I don't need it. Saul was a head taller than everybody else. Here's what fear will do. Fear will try to find other people to fight your battles. This is what Saul did. Saul was the one. He was the champion because he was huge. He was big. He was anointed the king of Israel. He was the one that should have been fighting, but he was afraid. Saul couldn't even deal with his own demons at night. David had to come in and play the harp for him. When you're afraid, you can't even deal with your own problems. When you're afraid, you try to get mom and dad to bail you out. When you're afraid, you try to get your friend to do something for you. Because you don't want to face that stuff head on. You know, another thing about Eliab says his anger grew for David. You know, when people are angry, they're not mad. They're just afraid. It's the only emotion that we know how to process well. When people get angry, you got a boss that gets angry. He's afraid. She's afraid. It's the only emotion that we actually know how to process. When we're afraid of things, it cripples us. So why wasn't, the real question we have to get to tonight is why wasn't David afraid? That's what I want to know. How is it that everybody else saw a giant and David saw a target? He didn't want no armor. He didn't want nobody to mess with him. He said, hey, let me do what I know. I know how to kill a wolf at 150 yards with the slingshot. He knew that he wouldn't come within 50 yards of Goliath. Has anybody ever watched VeggieTales growing up? This is my favorite VeggieTales. David kills the zucchini, right? I actually think it's a pickle. And I was watching it with my kids when they were young. And I got mad. And it wasn't because I was afraid. I was just mad. I looked at my kids, I said, That's a lie. That's not how it happened. David or Goliath didn't lay on the ground and say, Ow. It's a veggie tales taught us. I looked at my kids, I said, Listen, David threw a rock and it went right through his head, and then he grabbed his sword and he chopped his head off. <laughs> my wife looked at me and she was like, They're four. I was like, they need to know. But why is it that David did this and nobody else would? That's the question I want answered. That's the question you need answered in your life. Because I'm telling you right now, you think you got problems now? There's a Goliath coming for you at every turn in your life. Whether you like it or not. The things I've had to do, pastoring the things I've had to go through in my marriage, the things I've had to go through with my children. Man, Goliath is at every corner. What you do with him is very significant. All right, let's go. Last scripture, I promise. Worship team, come on up. I told you I'm short-winded, right? I want to get to the point and I want to give you an opportunity to deal with it. If you walk out of here the same way you walked in, shame on you. And it's because you're afraid to deal with it. Whatever it is, listen to this. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 36. I love this. David said, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Notice what he said. He said, your servant has killed the lion and the bear. Some of y'all aren't dealing with your little problems. Some of y'all think they're too hard. And David was able to show up on a battlefield and see this giant. He's just like, it's no big deal because I've already killed a lion and a bear. Some of you are avoiding your lions and bears. Some of you are crippled by fear. Some of you are struggling with something on the inside. You're not wanting to deal with it. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't know how to kill the lion and the bear, when Goliath shows up, you're gonna be afraid. You're gonna run the other way. You're gonna want somebody else to fight that battle. I think you are well able to fight this battle. And whatever it is, man, maybe there's pressure on you to succeed from mom and dad. Maybe there's a career choice they want you to go down. You're afraid to deal with it. Maybe there's a school choice. Man, you know God's calling you in the ministry, yet you know you have to go get this full degree and your family wants you to be a doctor. Whatever the case may be, those are lions and bears. You have to start killing them. You have to start dealing with these little problems. Maybe there's confrontation at work that you need to have, confrontation at school, confrontation with the family member that you need to have. These are lions and bears. If you don't know how to kill them, you'll never be able to kill a Goliath. So what are they? Here's what I believe about you. You are well able to tackle them. The enemy knows every single one of you. He knows where you struggle. And he don't care. He'll fight unfair. He'll mess with you. He wants you to lay in bed. He was completely content with everybody, everybody being afraid of Goliath. The enemy didn't want David showing up to that battlefield because he knew what would happen. And you get to a point where the enemy actually wants to avoid you. There's a song that we're going to sing here in just a minute. And I love it because it just says, the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus says you're mine. And the enemy thinks he's got you, but he doesn't. So we all just need to get up and start killing that lion and bear. Stop being afraid of it. Would you just stand up with me? You can do whatever you want. You can come up front again. They're gonna turn the house lights down. But I wanna leave a little area open. Can we do that? So that area right over there, and that side, if you actually want prayer for something and you leaders that stood up Head over that way. Maybe there's something specific you're dealing with and you got this problem that you are afraid of. You're afraid to deal with it. Maybe there's something that happened to you when you were younger. You need to deal with it. If you need prayer for something, be sure there's some ladies over here too. You dudes are cool, but dudes pray with dudes, ladies play with ladies. But the enemy thought he had you, but Jesus said you're mine. Remember, you're loved. Right? You're able. You have to know that there's somebody that believes in you. Not only me, but Jesus, these leaders here. And you got to start facing your lion and your bears because Goliath when he shows up, he's got to fall too. So I want you to sing with us tonight, and if you need prayer for something, go down here. If you want me to pray with you, just find me. I'll be around. But you got to start facing your stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. We believe that through this message, you were inspired and encouraged to grow in your daily walk with God. See you next time on the Raymond Young Adults Podcast.